Hi guys, Rob here, podcast editor for EveryMind. This week, your questions are answered. How do I get my employees to care about mental health surveys? And how do we get senior leaders to share their mental health stories? All that is answered and much more. If you think EveryMind at Work can help your business, then head over to everymindatwork.com. If you found this episode valuable, don't forget to share with a friend and leave us a review on iTunes. As ever, enjoy the show. So welcome to a brand new video. In this video today, I'm gonna be answering some of your questions around mental wellbeing at work. I'm Paul, the founder of Every Mind at Work, and what we've done as a team is we've looked back through some of our old webinars targeting HR professionals and business leaders, and we've looked at the chat box, the comment section, and we've pulled some of the best questions there were. So what I'm gonna be doing in today's video is answering them, and hopefully it brings you value. So I've got the coffee mug at the ready, and I'm gonna dive in to some of these questions. Question number one is I have many team members opening up, and they do say it helps talk to me. I signpost to our employee assistance program and can refer, but I'm often told they do not want to use it. I'm then left with worry about them with no power to follow up and do anything. What should I do here? This is a question that's come up quite a lot in different ways, different different ways of wording it, right? As a HR professional, it's very likely that you're going to have employees open up to you. As a HR professional, who is someone who's always kind of maybe the point of contact in a business, there's gonna be times where you might be dealing with crisis situations as well. And that could be challenging because if we haven't got the education, if we haven't got the understanding, the training, how do we actually manage that situation? And I think I can kind of lean on personal experience here as someone who's who's been through depression myself, as someone who's been in that crisis situation, and, and sadly someone who lost my dad to suicide, that that burden that I carried, that guilt that I carried, that frustration that I carried after losing him to suicide of, of just, I didn't know what to do. I wish I knew what to do, right? And of course, I had to work through that and accept that. But it's a question that I get quite a lot. And I think firstly, with that question, you have team members opening up to you. That is for me, one of the most important things in the work that we do with a lot of the clients that we work with, being able to create that that environment, being able to be that person that an individual feels comfortable to talk to, don't neglect the importance of that. That's huge. You've obviously shown empathy. You've obviously shown compassion. You've obviously made that person feel comfortable and safe that they now feel open to talk to you about that, right? And, and of course, we now want to do more when someone talks to us about their problems, when someone talks to us about their challenges, when we want to fix that, right? We, we're very solution-minded. We want to make those person's problems go away. But don't neglect the importance of that person just verbalizing their, their challenges to you, their, their colleagues, someone that they, they put trust in of this is how I'm feeling right now. Now, yes, you've signposted them to an employee assistance program. Yes, you've referred them to more support, but... But actually, that is where your responsibility ends because it is still down to that individual to be able to go and get that support, to be able to reach out to that support. And very much so, the strategy that I use, the strategy that you know I talk about in my, in my workshops with businesses is ask, listen, signpost. And by the looks of it, that's what you're doing in this, in this example, right? Now, that detachment from that individual, that detachment from that situation is, is what makes it difficult. You know, that worry that, um, is that person okay? Has that person actually reached out? Could I have done more? These are questions that are going to 
going to consume us, right? But again, you can only do so much. You can only do what's within your power. A tip that I might give you is, is find some more support options. There are lots out there. There's a really good free resource called The Hub of Hope. If you go onto EveryMind as well, there's, there's other resources there, free advice. Um, and of course, you know we provide further support to employees via businesses as well. So I think just equipping yourself with more tools to signpost to can really help as well. Local support groups, etc. So then you might give that person a few different options and then it really is up to them to be able to to go and get that support too. So by the sounds of it, I know it's hard to, to carry that burden, to carry that weight, but you're already doing an amazing job. Question number two is our employees rarely interact with surveys. Do you have any recommendations on how we can gauge how they are feeling? Now, when it comes to the work that we do here at Every Mind at Work, our focus is taking the guesswork out of mental health, right? Making sure that the work we do with our, the organizations that we work with, whether that's a, an organization like Co-op or whether that's a smaller organization, it has to be data-driven, right? Because in my experience, there's been a lot of guesswork when it comes to mental health in the workplace. Mm, should we have mental health first aiders? I don't know. Should we do this on financial well-being? Should we do this on sleep? Why don't we do this on the menopause, right? And we're always coming up with these ideas However, we haven't got the data to kind of back up whether that's going to be successful or not. So we're guessing what our employees want. We're throwing mud at a wall and hoping that it sticks. We're spending money and then that money isn't stretching to where we want it to go. And then we're out of budget. We don't know what to do, right? And it's that constant loop that we're in. So it's about making sure that we have that data. And that's simply what engagement surveys can do. It can give us that data that we potentially might be needing. Now, engagement surveys, there's many different ways of doing them. There's the old school traditional way of doing them, whether that's quarterly, whether that's monthly, whether that's annually. But in my opinion, I wouldn't say that's the most beneficial way of doing it because if you're just doing a quarterly survey, it depends on the time you send it, right? It depends on the how the person's feeling at that time. Is it a busy period at work? How much does that influence their their sort of the answers that they give? So yes, engagement surveys are key. But what we do and what we advise is we, we run sessions, so virtual sessions, in-person sessions that talk about mental health, that talk about well-being, but interact with the audience in an anonymous way. We use technology to be able to provide them with the option to vote during the session itself. And, and what that brings is answers coming in, colleagues sharing anonymously and it appearing on the session itself. And that encourages more conversations verbally as well between employees too. But then what we can do is we can take that data, we can look at where do employees need more support? We can look at more information around who's potentially struggling with mental health as well, what their biggest challenges are, what the organization can do differently. And we look at that with our business psychologists and then what we start to do is provide that data back to you, right? So there's ways of creating data and insight during virtual sessions that are more interactive with the employees. And then finally, we of course have our app. Our app is anonymous. It's a way of tailoring support in their pockets via our app itself. But then what that's doing is driving data. It's driving anonymized data back to you as a business to show you where your employees need a little bit more support. So I think there's so many different ways of getting data right now, so many different ways of getting insight. Making sure it's anonymous is really, really important because people might not feel comfortable to share how they're truly feeling with you as a business, right? Apologies for my team's been going off there. Um, but when it comes down to it, it's about trying to pull as much data as you possibly can. Question number three is any tips on persuading senior leaders to share their journeys? They still don't have the confidence to share. 
Amazing, amazing question. In my experience, if we can get senior leaders to be vulnerable, to talk openly about their story, the impact that has on the stigma, the culture, the silence, employees now feeling okay and able to share openly about their own experience, the impact is huge, right? But of course, the question is, how do we make that happen? I've seen it happen in many organizations that the the CEO or a senior leader has shared their story and, and like I say, it has a big impact. But I've also seen organizations that senior leaders don't feel like they can be vulnerable. Senior leaders don't feel like they can share openly. But what senior leaders still believe that they can be is compassionate individuals, right? We don't have to have senior leaders shouting from the rooftops about their vulnerabilities, their insecurities, their challenges, the adversity that they've faced. That doesn't always have to be the case. Instead, can we tell senior leaders that they don't have to be talking about their own challenges, but can they still show compassion to others? Can they still reach out to others? Can they still think about supporting others as well? You know, a good senior leader is someone who looks out for their team, someone who looks out for their colleagues as well. Now, encouraging them to share, I think, is is firstly trying to bring more vulnerability into the business. So what I found is, um, in my experience, if I come in as an outside party and I share my story, I become vulnerable, that can encourage employees to then be vulnerable, share their story, and that can then encourage more employees to do the same as well. And I think what I've done with senior managers before in a a smaller workshop is I've been vulnerable and then one, two, three, maybe four of them have, have now shared back to me within that small setting. Then once they've done that, it's now about encouraging them of the impact and the importance of, do you think if you share your story, how much of an impact that can have on your your colleagues and your wider team as well? It takes a lot of um, a slower process, getting them to open up to potentially one person in the business, two people in the business, then maybe writing a blog post, becoming anonymous as they write the blog post. You know, maybe it's a video, maybe it's on a, on a talk, whatever it is, right? Making them feel comfortable to share, I think is really, really important. So firstly, don't shy away from it. Try and get senior leaders to speak more openly about how they feel. Secondly, they don't have to talk so openly about it. As long as they show compassion, that still has a big impact. And then thirdly, do it in a steady way. Don't force them to just share in front of all of their employees within the next week. Think about the gradual process of trying to get more senior leaders sharing as well. Question number four, how do I engage mostly older male manufacturing employees? Hard ones to crack, right? When it comes to older men, mental health, manufacturing employees, when you look at the statistics in the construction industry as well, it's obviously when it's a male-dominant environment, men in particular feel more challenged to talk quite openly about how they feel. You've got to look at the statistics around male suicide, right? Men under 45, biggest killer is suicide. Biggest threat to their lives is suicide. So if we're now working in a very male-dominant environment where, again, you're looking deeper into those statistics, the the almost rate of suicide increases, it becomes challenging. Now, how do you engage with them? Going in with mental health is probably not the right way of doing it. What I mean by that is, what's your perception of mental health? My perception of mental health is depression, it's anxiety, it's illness, it's, it's very negative. That association is very negative. And if you come to me and said, I want you to talk about your mental health or we're running a session on mental health, I'm probably going to shy away from it. I'm not going to go there. When you think about mental, it's the first word that comes to your mind when I say the word mental. It's sometimes crazy, psycho, mad. So again, if I come into an organization, I say, right, I'm going to engage with your male employees in the manufacturing industry. We're going to run a mental health session. 
pretty certain hardly any of them would, would turn up, right? So what, what the kind of focus that we have is, is how do we embed mental health, the talk of well-being, the talk of emotions into almost initiatives that aren't focused on mental health. One of the ways that we've done that with um, one of our clients is via a, a walk-in challenge, right? Who wants to do a walk-in challenge, a step challenge? Whoever wins, you know, gets, gets a, a award or whoever gets involved gets something as well. And what that starts to do is it starts to create that almost competitive nature between employees and now they want to get involved because it's physical health. But then as they're getting involved in the step challenge, the walk-in challenge, we're now encouraging talks about mental health. We're getting you know, me to potentially share a story via a video. We're engaging with them in that way. And then what that's now doing is it's starting to have more of an impact as well. So wrap mental health conversations up in many different ways. Don't talk about it as mental health. Wrap it up in ways that will engage those older men, those older male manufacturing employees. Embed mental health conversations in that way. I've found that that's been a really useful way of engaging with them. Question number five, as a HR professional, I'm trying to support people whilst dealing with my own personal struggles. How can I remain empathetic, supportive whilst feeling weary myself? So it's almost putting yourself last, right? Again, as a, as a HR professional, what I'm starting to realize is there's this almost real emphasis and focus that mental health is on your shoulders, so yes, it's hard enough for you to look after your own mental health. I understand that. But I've got 500 staff here whose morale needs boosting. What are you going to do about it, right? And then there's, there's such amount of pressure being put onto HR shoulders. And sometimes that imposter syndrome kicks in because they don't feel like they have the, the skill set or the knowledge or the education to be able to deal with it. And it becomes very challenging. Now we're starting to deal with other people's and our employees' difficulties and we're forgetting ourselves. Um, and what I'm starting to learn from the more HR professionals that I speak to for every mind is empathy, right? When we're empathetic people, we want to do good. We want to help other people and we forget ourselves. So the key tip there that I would give to you is, is make sure that you're scheduling in time for you. There's a really good quote that I always repeat, which is self-care is a priority. Self-care is not a luxury. You're almost taught that if you go and have that bath and you read your book for half an hour, you're being selfish, right? You're being selfish. That's, that's a luxury. You should only be able to get to do that once a year. You should be doing that every single day, right? You should be focusing on your mental health, your well-being every single day. What can you do for 15 minutes in the morning? What can you do at 15 minutes in the night that's just for you, for you and your mental health? And I don't want you to feel guilty about it. Because again, I'm the same. I'll make sure that I'm focusing on my mental health. But when I'm doing that thing, I'm worrying about my kids. I'm worrying about my to-do list. I'm worrying about that problem at work. I'm worrying about other people. And all of a sudden, Paul becomes priority number eight, right? And again, it's just not feeling guilty for that. So make sure, grab your calendar, schedule time in for you. If you don't schedule it in, you're not going to do it. Your mind's going to tell you not to do it. Schedule 15 minutes in the morning, 15 minutes at night, half an hour, whatever you can afford. Think about what truly brings you happiness. What's your, what's, your, what's your almost non-negotiable? What is it that you want to do that helps you when it comes to self-care? And make sure you do that. Put yourself first. You're not being selfish. And finally, when you think about it, how can you support all of your employees when you're not even supporting yourself? Put yourself first. When you put yourself first, when you start to feel better, when you start to feel like you can support yourself better, you know what happens? You feel like you can support other people even more as well. Um, trust me, I've been there many times before myself where I haven't put myself first, but it doesn't sit natural to me. I'm a, I'm a person who strives off empathy as well. Put yourself first though, trust me, it's gonna definitely help. And then the final question of today's video, hopefully you enjoyed this video. It's much easier to hide how you are feeling when we are working from home. 
What can we do about this? 100%. Now, again, every mind, our business launched prior to COVID, but because of COVID, the lockdown, employees working remotely, our the partnerships and the organizations that we started to work with obviously increased, right? Because with the app that we have, it's a tool that can provide accessible support to employees remotely. But then what we're starting to do is we're starting to drive anonymous data back to you in HR, back to the business about how your employees are feeling and what you can do about it as an organization. And we're there to support them with that too. You know, we're there to support them with the initiatives that come off the back of that. And I think being able to get that data is so, so important because you, you don't know how employees are feeling. I think another good key way of doing it as well is, is, is making sure, and I know it's difficult, but encouraging people to jump on their webcams when you're on your Teams or your Zoom meetings, whatever it is, because it's still hard to know, but if you can see them, you can start to look at their body language, you can start to potentially pick up cues that you might not over email, over Slack, everything else as well. And then I think the final one, the really important one in my opinion, is check-ins but you have to have those check-ins with your employees and what i mean by that is those water cooler moments those coffee moments those kitchen moments where you might walk past someone and ask them how they're feeling in the office that doesn't happen anymore scheduling five minute check-ins with employees find out how they are do switch offs at the end of the week you know it's just a time for everyone to just switch off just chat whatever it is amongst your team making sure you have those check-ins those switch off periods and making sure you're booking it into people's diaries as well is really important because you haven't got those moments in the office where you just naturally have a conversation and you start to fill out how they're feeling as well so hopefully that's answered some of your questions. If you enjoyed this video, do let us know. We'll do another video like this, I'm sure, off the back of another webinar. Um, I'm sure we're going to have many more questions. Drop some in the comments if you do have any questions, and I'll see you all in a video very soon.